so much for listening to Uplifting Impact. I have a special opportunity for you. For everybody who is a listener, we are going to be hosting a wonderful How to Be an Ally Summit. It is a virtual summit. And for those of you who are our listeners, we know that you're already on your allyship journey. But if you're ready to go deeper, to learn more, to put some more tools into your toolbox, we'd love to have you join us. The summit is going to be hosted February 1st through the 3rd, 2021. So go ahead, get your ticket and make sure that you get a ticket, not just for yourself, but get a ticket for somebody in your family. Get a ticket for the people that are on your team. Let's go ahead and figure out how we can move further, faster, and together. Hello and welcome to Uplifting Impact. Today, I'm going to be talking to a woman who is so amazing. She's done so many cool things in our community and she's done so many awesome things just in her career in general. So we're going to be talking to Lydia Smith. And Lydia Smith is also at an organization that I have a deep affinity for. So she is the Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Kohl's. Now, for those of you who don't know this, I'm going to read... I'm going to tell you a secret that I don't often share with people, but my history with Kohl's goes really far back. When I was a little girl, I actually was a Kohl's model, Lydia. I used to love it. (laughs) I used to go to the Kohl's store before it opened early, early in the morning on the weekends, sometimes on the weekdays. And I did it for probably like 10 years. I was in their, their weekly specials. So when I think about Kohl's, I think about all kinds of amazing things. In her role at Kohl's, uh, Lydia actually leads the development and execution of the company's D and I strategy. She's a graduate of Florida A&M University, where she received her MBA with a concentration in marketing. And she's had roles in all kinds of different areas in HR and in marketing and IT. But one of the things that I love about what Lydia has done is she actually now is in Milwaukee and she's the co-owner of an organization called Social X. And I'll let you describe Social X too, but Social X has just done a wonderful job of being able to bring talent into our city. She also is an adjunct professor at MATC and she sits on a number of communities community boards. Lydia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today. Absolutely. So first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about Social X and then we'll talk a little bit about Cole. So tell me what Social X does and how did how did that organization get started? Absolutely. Um, You know, Social X is all about attracting and retaining diverse talent to the city of Milwaukee and really providing Um, a space for young professionals uh, to thrive, for making Milwaukee a city that, you know, is attractive, uh, where people want to move here, where people want to stay here, where they have um, a sense of community. And really through the years, we've evolved. So, you know, Social X started off as uh, meetups for young professionals, you know, happy hours after work to network, to, to socialize that kind of social outlet. Um, and as we've evolved, we've evolved sort of as, as the owners have evolved in our careers and, and needing different things. So needing professional development, having more structure around how we're making those connections, how we're building our businesses, how we're growing in our careers. And so it's really a 
what I would say is kind of a conduit to making both personal and professional connections, um, which we all know is so important. And I think sometimes not focused on so much, even by corporate companies of how important the, the social or the, the personal aspect of having a life outside of work in a city and, and how that impacts, you know, your ability or your desire to stay, you know, in a city for work. So social exits is really all about helping, you know, make those meaningful connections. And the reason why I wanted to to emphasize and give you a chance to talk about that is because we have people who listen to the show all over the world, right? Not not just in our our hometown now, Milwaukee, but all over the world. And one of the things that I really find inspiring about the Social X story is that you saw that there was a need in your community. And I know because I'm consulting with so many of these businesses in so many different places that they see the same need, right? That they are trying to figure out how they help people navigate those social spaces. And so Social X is an amazing model for you if you are seeing that and you're starting to see that in your in your organization. So I just wanted to make sure that we got to give you a plug that people Thank go you. check out Thank Social you. X and really look at the history and how they've evolved because it's a great model for what a lot of cities, I feel like any city could do if they had the same challenge. But tell us about Kohl's and tell us about why Kohl's has such a great emphasis on diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, I think what stands out to me most about Coles is our CEO is wholeheartedly committed, you know, and she has led the way in, you know, all the things that we're doing right now. So our CEO has made a commitment to not just diversity, equity, and inclusion, but, you know, ensuring that both how we're showing up internally with the the things that we're working on from our associates to how we're showing up in the marketplace for our customers, how we're showing up in our communities, that, that all of that is an, an authentic approach, you know, that we are aligning everything to who Coles is as an organization, as well as making sure that we're being inclusive of our diverse associates and our diverse customers so that you know, all of our customers can see themselves in our brand. So I just, I think that it feels really good to work at a company who is um, being very intentional about being authentic, but then, you know, not just making the statements, but doing the work. And I really appreciate too, I I saw an article recently about some of the work that Kohl's was doing and some of the vendors that you were bringing into into the stores. I literally read the article and then went right to the store because I was so proud, right? That the organization was thinking. And then I, when I got to the store, I'm like, wait, they literally just put this article out today. So the vendor is not going to be. <laughs> yeah, they weren't there yet. It wasn't yeah. there yet. <laughs> I, I bought some stuff anyways, right? But, I, but yeah. I can't wait until we can go back and, and actually support those vendors. Because I do think this idea of being able to pull a thread, not just in what you're doing internally, but also what you're doing for your customers, right? But that's yeah. a really important part of the work that we can do when we're thinking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So tell me, how are you doing that? Well, what does that look like? Yeah, it's a couple of different pieces. Um, so one is ensuring we're thinking about economic empowerment as well. And I think that's the driving force behind really thinking about diverse suppliers. So the project that you mentioned, you know, not just how can we make a statement, but how can we leverage a minority-owned business, a Black-owned business here in the Milwaukee community to help us with this project? And not only that, but then making sure that we're being really representative of the voice because we are being, you know, inclusive of this this minority-owned business. So I think that's one of the ways, and that's a 
a great lesson for other companies that are, are working on these products or projects is how can you partner with you know, external organizations or companies um, or vendors that can really help you along the process. Almost it's it's your partnering, but they're also consultants, right? They're kind of helping you to make sure that that you're you're hitting the right spot with your messaging and things like that. Um, The other way that I'm really proud of is that we're leveraging our business resource groups. So companies often have, whether they're called ERGs, you know, or BRGs, they have these groups of associates across different dimensions of diversity and affinities. And they oftentimes are leveraged just for retention, right? Just for engagement, hosting the events, the meetups, the things like that. And we've been very intentional about making sure that we are um, embedding our BRGs into our business processes as much as possible. So focus groups, you know, asking about a marketplace, asking about products, asking about, you know, what messaging and marketing hits home, what doesn't, um, and really getting insights from them. Our most recent, um, you know, example of that was for Hispanic Heritage Month that, you know, we actually had associates from our BRGs designing the t-shirts that are, were available on Coles.com. And we actually had associates, a part of the marketing materials, a part of the social media, really helping to build that messaging to make sure that it was in alignment with the messaging that would really hit home for that market. So, you know, just thinking about how we can best leverage our BRGs in the business process, I think it's absolutely been, um, it's helped us to, to hit the mark with the projects that we're doing. You know, I think that's really interesting because I I haven't really heard people talk about that, right? That concept of we are going to make sure that we are elevating our business resource groups into our practices and into our go-to-market strategy. And I think that I'm going to make the assumption here that by doing that, you are elevating the importance of those BRGs too. And those BRGs are getting line sight into probably parts of the organization that they might not ordinarily get line sight into. Is that, is that yeah, absolutely, that's absolutely what happens. And I mean, I, the BRG insights and, and guidance doesn't replace having subject matter experts in marketing and product development or anything like that. But if you think about how much money organizations might spend on, you know, focus groups or insights and going out there and getting data and what does the marketplace want? And you have this group right here, you know, it would internal to your company who know who you are as a company, but also know their culture. And so tapping into them as early as possible in the process of working on different projects and kind of saying, hey, are we going down the right path with this? What do you think about this? And yes, it's opinion based, but it just gives you some direction. But then the BRGs are able to get more more exposure and insight to your point to the business. which turns around and helps when it's all about developing. So when you think about this aspect of a a part of the role of these business resource groups is to help develop your diverse associates. And and that's learning the business. That's understanding what, what is it? What are we trying to impact the bottom line? And what does that look like? So the more exposure that your BRGs get to how you do business, the more they can help develop your associates as well. So it seems like you're winning on all 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 aspects of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win situation. And I can, can imagine that 
Yeah, if you're part of it and you're part of the design process, probably part of the purchasing process too, right? Absolutely. See, like this is the work I I would imagine. I know that if I got to be involved in something, I'd have a lot of loyalty and making sure that's all over my social, right? That I got to be a part of that. I think that increases, that goes back to, even though it's, you know, another thing for retention, it's a different way to be thinking about retention too, that we really are and we really do value your voice. So that's really awesome. So I think one of the other things um, that we talked about when we were talking about like what does this look like inside of your organization? What are some of the challenges that you sometimes see? And one of the things that you brought up was a word that might be new to some of our our listeners. And it is the idea of jumping to solutioning. So Mm. the word solutioning, can you break that down for us and just tell us like what that is? Yeah. So this, um, season i would say in our in our country and seeing how not just organizations but people are responding what i've witnessed is that people in general and this isn't just at Coles, but people are uncomfortable being uncomfortable right and the the best way to get out of that uncomfortable space is to fix it so we figure out the solution and then we move on And I think what the last six months have taught a lot of people is that this isn't going anywhere. This isn't a, you know, check the box and we're done. There's not an easy solution. This isn't your typical business, you know, issue that we can figure out a solution and move on. And so helping to coach our leaders with being able to really listen and not just jump to the solution, not jump to try to fix fix things has been tremendously impactful. And I will be the first to say, you know, I being in the DNI space, I sat on a lot of calls, you know, earlier this summer, the, probably at the beginning of the summer. And there were a lot of, you know, black, I'll be honest, a lot of black people, black leaders who were saying, we don't want a bunch of listening sessions. You know, it's the same old, same old, it's the same talk, it's the same. And so even my guidance at the beginning was, hey, let's be careful about setting up these like where you just come out and air all your grievances and we're not doing anything with it. But what I've seen is that the way that we've been able to do these listening sessions where we're really inclusive and not just thinking about, you know, our black associates and how they're feeling, but how are all of our diverse associates feeling? How are all of our associates across the company feeling and putting our leaders in a position to listen. And I think that's different because so often, especially your senior leaders, they're not hearing the actual feedback or feeling and emotion and challenges that associates are feeling five, six, seven levels beneath them, right? And so the power of those sessions, I think, is that you have leaders who are now more empathetic because they, they've they heard these situations, they, they heard these examples, and now they can put a face and a name and a real life example to something that someone like me as a DNI leader is like telling you that's happening, like in this like indirect, like I'm telling you it's yeah, happening, but I can't. Exactly. Yeah, world, yeah. Yeah. But now they have like someone just shared a real example with them. This is really what happened to me. And though it's hard and it's uncomfortable, we've asked our leaders to put themselves in, in these situations and not build a solution in the moment, not try to say, okay, well, we'll fix that. We'll do this, but to listen and be empathetic. And 
I have been amazed at the power um, that those sessions have had on both on our leaders, because now they're actually picturing, you know, what's happening and, and having these, these examples to go back with their teams and to really work on how do we change some of this. But our associates feel heard and they feel seen. And it's not just to check the box and we just had this thing to say that we were doing something, but they really feel that our leaders are taking the time to hear them out so that when we do go back and work on a solution, we've heard it from the source. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's, there is like a, um, and it's not from a, like a bad place. I think there's like this desire, right. To like help people and want to find a solution and to want to remove some of the hurt. And I do think that sometimes taking that pause for just a second yeah, so really hear like what is going on, even though it's uncomfortable, it positions you to be so much more successful because then it, it, it doesn't make the solution feel like it's coming out of nowhere. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has now a shared experience where they're able to communicate. That's so powerful. Yeah. And you, I think the other part of it too, is that our leaders are able to, they're able to hear, but then they also in those moments, I think taking that pause, they figure out what are their personal actions. Mm. And that's the other danger, or I guess, you know, challenge with jumping to solutions is that you jump to the solution to fix other people's issues without taking the pause to think about, you know, mm-hmm. what can I work on? Lydia, what, should, what should I, <laughs> what should I be thinking about? What should I be working on? And in these listening sessions, when people are talking about examples or things they've done or microaggressions they've heard or things that they said, and somebody's listening, like, oh, I said that. Oh, I thought it was a oh, wait. Okay, I have I have some work. I have some self-work to do before I go trying to fix all of this and that for the organization. So I think those moments are, you know, much more powerful than we necessarily give them credit for. I think they stick then, right? Because exactly. at, at the end of the day, if it's an experience about like someone else and I don't really have, like you said, the empathy or the, or I don't even have the information, I'm kind of, you know, doing this from a theoretical standpoint, it's easy to make that theoretical and yep. academic. And, you know, it's not about the individual, but the minute that you create that empathy bond and make that connection, then all of a sudden it feels like, oh no, this is real. And it's here and it's now, and I can not only do something, but I can also see if it's working because now I've identified what it is I'm looking at. Absolutely. That is really powerful. So I feel like I could talk to you all day and I'm sure that I could, Um, but I, and I know that our listeners probably want to hear more about what you're doing, about what Coles is doing, about how, about this, and this, this uh, stuff that you're bringing to market that I'm already ready to buy. I I don't know if you can see it. I have on one of the shirts today. So this one says enough is enough. Um, So yeah, I, I wanted to wear one of the shirts today, but yeah, so there's, all kinds of designs. They're out there now on Kohl's.com. So they're on Kohl's.com. Okay. So mm-hmm. I made, I got too excited. I went to the brick and mortar. I should have gone online. Yeah. Well, now I know that's, that's definitely what I will be doing this evening. I hope that all of our <laughs> guests who are listening will also consider going on and looking at some of the, the different um, lines that they're bringing in that really do reflect uh, the diversity of our world. So I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show. If people want to find out or they just want to follow you and hear some of the things that you're doing, what's the best way for them to like get connected? Yeah, absolutely. I love to continue conversation. So I'm on LinkedIn, um, Lydia Smith. You'll find me 
with the fro, you can't miss it on the picture on LinkedIn. Too. <laughs> um, and then in my handle on Instagram and I'm on there more probably than the other uh, social channel. So um, on Instagram, it's Litsmit. So L-I-T-T-S-M-I-T-T-M. And that's it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you so much to Coles for all the wonderful work that they're doing and the, the charge that you're leading over there. We just really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and, and for allowing uh, me to share a little bit about the work that we're doing. I'm excited to continue engaging and, and just learning more. I love the podcast. This is awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who is listening. We appreciate you being here with us. We appreciate the fact that you are pushing yourselves to do some of that individual work so that you can do some of that big work and not moving just straight to solutioning. And we really appreciate the fact that you're doing some of that with us. We would love for you to tell your friends, to tell your family, to tell your coworkers, to tell the people who are shopping and looking for amazing stuff to, to, to purchase as they think about goals, right? All the people. All the Absolutely. people. Because <laughs> we believe here at Uplifting Impact that the more people that are doing this work, the more people who are passionate about the, this work, the more people who are willing to push themselves out of their comfort zone, the more change and the more positive change we can actually have in the world. So thanks for being with us. We hope that you will join us again. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.